uh, it's nice to see uh, Scott and Sean joining us from Arizona. It's always a joy to see you guys. Uh, I know it's uh, maybe late for you, but so happy to see both of you and hope you're doing well. Uh, it's nice to see Chris and Sagina. They are, they are in Agra, sitting next to their Chris's mom. So good to see you guys. Uh, it's always a joy to worship God together, even in the midst of some of these uh, hurdles. Uh, but it's, it's wonderful to see each one of you. Today, we are going to continue with this series uh, on the Lord's Prayer. Uh, like Sonal mentioned last week, we talked about uh, give us this day our daily bread. And today, we're going to talk about the next phrase in the Lord's Prayer. Uh, that is in verse, uh, it's in Matthew 6, uh, verse 12. I'm going to read it for you. It says, and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. Uh, and uh, we're going to look at two things this morning about this, uh, uh, about this Lord's Prayer, uh, section of the Lord's Prayer. One is asking forgiveness and the other one is uh, extending forgiveness. We're going to look at two things, asking forgiveness, extending forgiveness. Uh, and uh, Jesus actually illustrates this portion of the Lord's Prayer through the parable that we just talked about. The parable is Matthew 18, uh, uh, 21 and 35. Uh, and th that parable uh, specifically illustrates this section of the Lord's Prayer. Uh, so even before we jump into this, uh, uh, this text, why don't we look to God in prayer. Father, we pray that you will open our hearts. I pray that you will speak to us, teach us. I pray that you will help us to understand your word. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. This, this aspect of forgiveness is one of the key things for our Christian life. This is key for relationships. Uh, this is key for how we live. So this is something that's very practical, very relevant. And one of the things we're going to do is right after service, uh, we're going to have a short time of question and answer, a Q&A time. Uh, because there might be a lot of questions that might come even as we talk about this in the sermon. Uh, we may not be able to get to everything about forgiveness and reconciliation. Uh, so if there, there are questions, note it down. We, we'd be happy to talk about it after the sermon. Uh, so let's look at the first, first thing, asking forgiveness. Let's look at Matthew 18, verse 23 onwards. It says, therefore, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with the servants. When he began to settle one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. Now this 10,000 talents is a pretty significant number, right? Uh, and, and Jesus is using this to show the, the enormous debt that this uh, person owed the king. Uh, the the, the 10,000 is basically the highest Roman numeral during that time, right? So it's basically the highest. Uh, talent is the highest monetary denomination at that time, right? So, so basically Jesus is uh, saying how this is enormous. This is something that's immeasurable. If you calculate 10,000 ta talents to today, it is billions and billions of dollars, right? It's like zillions of money, right? So Jesus is using this amount to illustrate the enormous debt that this person owed. Verse 25, and since he could not pay, his master ordered him to be sold and his wife and children and all that he had and payment to be made. Now it's very interesting because during that time, in ancient time, uh, people were not kept in jail for theft and murder and all these kinds of things. It's, it's a very modern thing, right? During those days, people were kept in prison basically because they were debtors. If you, were com if you committed a crime, you were treated very differently, right? You were, you were either killed or you were, you were uh, thrown out or something happens. But nobody is kept in jail for crimes like that and except for debtors, right? If you're in debt, 
They will lock you up for 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, however long it takes till you are able to pay off your debt. Okay, so that's what's happening here. Uh, so verse 26, so the servant fell on his knees imploring, have patience with me and I will pay you everything. And out of pity for him, the master of that servant released him and forgave uh, him the debt. Right? Very interesting, right? It's, it's a very interesting thing that's happening. And again, here, sin uh, is, is uh, sin can be uh, understood in so many ways in scripture. There's so many uh, uh, words and phrases that are used to describe sin in scripture. And here we see sin as a debt, right? Sin is a debt that we owe God. Sin is spiritual, ethical, moral debt. And this debt, like the 10,000 talents that this man owed, which is enormous, our debt before God is enormous. Our debt before God is eternal, it's infinite, it's immeasurable. That is the debt we owe before God. Right? And this is something we cannot pay. Just like the man in the parable, he, is, he, he cannot pay this. There's no way he can pay this debt. And the same way, we are in a very similar position. The sin debt that we owe God, we can never pay by our own. There's a couple of observations that I want you to see even as we jump into this, right? One is the previous verse in the Lord's Prayer, uh, Jesus taught, give us this day our daily bread. And then he continues, and forgive us our debt. So the idea is that just like we ask Jesus for our daily bread, uh, we are taught to ask for daily forgiveness. Right? This is a daily practice. This is a daily discipline. Jesus is teaching us to ask for daily forgiveness. Now, when you think about this, maybe something comes to your mind. Right? Uh, why is this? Why is Jesus asking us to ask for daily forgiveness and to repent every day? Uh, I thought we were forgiven once for all. Oh, I thought, I thought what Jesus did on the cross, we are, we are forgiven. Uh, and, uh, and uh, Jesus has cleansed us, then why should we keep asking for forgiveness? In fact, there, there are some who would teach uh, that when you repent and when you ask for forgiveness, you are cheapening what Jesus did on the cross. So they actually believe that Christians should never repent. Right? But that's not true. That's not biblical. Right? There's two ways to understand forgiveness. One is in the context of justification. The other is in the context of sanctification. In the context of justification, forgiveness is permanent. In the context of sanctification, your forgiveness is personal. In, in the context of justification, forgiveness is a debt that is erased permanently. But in the context of sanctification, forgiveness is a daily enjoyment of our relationship with Jesus and the benefits of being forgiven by him. So this is something that is ongoing. On the cross, Jesus permanently secured your forgiveness once for all. And we receive that forgiveness by faith. Right? Your sin is nailed to the cross. Your debt is paid in full. Your sin is cancelled. It is once for all. It is permanent and it is infallible. But Jesus also teaches, on the other hand, by faith, we receive this forgiveness through our daily confession. We enjoy this forgiveness. We possess this forgiveness through the act of daily repentance and asking for forgiveness. 
Repentance is ongoing. Repentance is lifelong. There is not going to be any time in your life where you will feel like you don't need to repent of anything. It is a lifestyle. The more we experience God's kindness, scripture says God's kindness leads us to repentance. Right? And that's why in 1 John verses 9 and 10, uh, this is what scripture says. If we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. But the next verse is absolutely important. Verse 10, if we say that we have not sinned, if we say that we don't have to repent, if we say that we don't have to confess, it says we make him who God, we make God a liar and his word is not in us. Right? This is absolutely important to understand. When we confess and when we repent our sins, this is when we can do what Colossians 3.5 says. Colossians 3.5, Paul says that we put sin to death. How are we able to put sin to death? Through daily confession and repentance. So here it is. The one who has experienced true forgiveness makes war with sin through daily confession. This is, this is how a believer lives. The, the one who has experienced true forgiveness enjoys the benefits of those, that forgiveness through daily confession. Okay? So this is important. Right? Jesus teaches us. Jesus teaches us to ask God for forgiveness on a daily basis. Now, very practically, what hinders this? What hinders us from asking for forgiveness? What hinders true repentance? Uh, what, what is that? Right? What blocks that? It is how we repent. A lot of times we think we are repenting, but we are not. A lot of times we think we are asking for forgiveness, uh, but we are not. We are basically making excuses. What is the difference between asking forgiveness and asking for repentance and making excuses? Right? There's a big difference. And this is something that's vital to enjoy fellowship with Jesus. Uh, Jesus teaches us uh, to ask God to forgive us not to ask God to excuse us. Right? Now, what's the difference? When we give excuses, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's like letting somebody off the hook. And we've all done that. If you're in school, if you're in college, if you're not able to finish an assignment, if you don't show up for class, we make an excuse. We say, well, the bus broke down. Uh, my brother was sick. Uh, somebody passed away or some sickness happened or whatever. We make up some story, we give an excuse and the teacher looks at the excuse and say, okay, we, they let us off, off the hook. They give us another chance, right? Sin is not like that. Sin is not <laughs> making an excuse for what we've done. Sin is very different, right? We treat uh, asking forgiveness as giving excuse for our sin. So when we sin, this is what we do. We, 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 we say, we, oh, we didn't mean it. We use phrases like, oh, I'm so surprised I did that. When we are rude, when we are angry, when we are sarcastic, when we uh, uh, gossip, when we hurt with our words and our actions, we just, we just give an excuse. We say, oh, I'm having a bad day. Oh, my, my, there's so much stress. Oh, I have a bad boss. Oh, it's a mistake. Oh, I didn't even know I did that. I didn't mean this. Oh, this is excuse language. This is not asking for forgiveness. This is not repentance language. 
We, we not only give excuses, we blame others. Everybody does this. I wouldn't have done this if so-and-so didn't do this to me. Right? We blame others and circumstances for our sin. Right? Anytime we do this, and this can be accompanied by remorse. You could be actually sorry when you do this. You could be weeping. You could be crying. You could be really upset that you've done this. But just because these emotions are involved doesn't mean we are actually asking for forgiveness. When we are actually making excuses for what we've done. When we do this, when we make excuses, we minimize the sin. We minimize the effect of sin. When we compare, when we hide, right? when we defend or when we blame others, what we are trying to do is we are trying to satisfy God by our excuses. But what's actually happening is we are satisfying ourselves with the excuses we are making. So this is important, my friends. Even as we come before God and ask for forgiveness, I want you to just take a moment to think about this. Are you really asking for forgiveness? Or are you making excuses? And how do you know you're making excuses? Because when you have the language of blaming somebody, defending, hiding, not telling the truth, when you keep going over all these things in your mind, if that's what's happening, my friends, we are not actually asking for forgiveness. So how do you repent? How do you really ask for forgiveness? We see this in Psalms. Psalm 51 is a fantastic example when David deals with repentance. He says, against you, you only I have sinned. I have done evil in your sight. When we ask for forgiveness, we own our sin. We don't give excuses. We own our sin. We tell God, this is who I am. I am an angry person. This is who I am. I am a liar. This is who I am. I am more interested in what people think about me. This is who I am. I don't love you with all my heart, mind, strength, and soul. This is who I am. I am a greedy person. I am a selfish person. You come before God and you own your sin, not give excuses. You take full responsibility. Why is this important? Why is this important? My friend, if I don't take the full weight of sin, then I, then I won't be able to take the full weight of sin off me. You're tracking me. If I, if I don't own sin like that, then the guilt and the shame will not be taken off from me. Right? If I don't take full responsibility for my sin, I don't experience the full power of the gospel. Every time I make excuses, I defend and I blame, I'm not really experiencing the power of the gospel. It's absolutely important. Asking forgiveness is a daily discipline. It's a hard posture. It's an attitude before God. It shows our humility before him. Right? It is, it is not being in self-pity. And sometimes we think, uh, should I just think about my sin always? No, it is not dwelling in self-pity. A, a, a believer does not stay in self-pity because of sin, but they also don't lose sight of this. We don't lose sight of our sin. Think about this. God is not astonished by the depth or the extent of the sin we commit, but he is attentive to our repentance. He is attentive to our attitude and posture during repentance. Many mourn and weep for their sin and yet continue in love with their sin. Why? Because they don't truly confess and repent. 
my friend, Jesus invites us to come before God and ask for daily forgiveness. Why? We can do this boldly because of what Jesus has done for us. So we see a model for asking forgiveness. Now, what about extending forgiveness? Right? And, and we see this in the next phrase in the Lord's Prayer. The Lord's Prayer says in Matthew 6, 12, it says, forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors. A lot of times we forget the, the second half of the phrase. We only say, forgive us our debts, forgive us our debts. We forget about what the implication is, right? In fact, if you look at the Lord's Prayer, uh, Matthew again repeats this in verse 14, right? He finishes the Lord's Prayer. In verse 14, he repeats this again. He says in Matthew chapter 6, 14, he says, for if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your father forgive your trespasses. This is serious. My friend, this is life and death situation. Extending forgiveness, forgiving others is a life and death situation for you. Let's, let's think about this, right? I want to I quickly explain this. And let's look, at, let's look at the parable again. What happens in the parable? Verse 28. So this man is let off. The king forgives this person. Let's, what, let's see what this person does. Verse 28. But when that same servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. And that's a much smaller amount. This man owed 10,000 talents. hundred denarii is not too much. So another servant owed him 100 denarii and, and seizing him, he began to choke him saying, pay what you owe. So his fellow servant fell down and pleaded with him, have patience with me and I will pay. And he refused and put him in prison until he should pay the debt. When his fellow servants saw what had taken place, they were greatly distressed. They went and reported to their master all that had taken place. Then his master summoned him and said to him, you wicked servant, I forgave you all the debt because you pleaded with me. And should you not have had mercy on your fellow servant as I had mercy on you? And in anger, his master delivered him to the jailers until he should pay all his debt. So also, again, it's repeated here. So also my heavenly father will do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother from your heart, right? This is serious stuff, right? This is scary stuff. Jesus is serious, right? We all enjoy God's forgiveness, but Jesus is saying, well, you better forgive others. This is serious, right? Jesus is serious about extending forgiveness. The king forgave an enormous debt for the servant, but he is not willing to forgive a small debt from his other fellow servant. The king's Enormous forgiveness did not change this servant to be a forgiving person. Rather, this person became vindictive and seeking vengeance. What is Jesus saying here? And again, the question that might come to your mind is, what is this? Is Jesus saying, if you forgive others, you will be forgiven? Is that what Jesus is saying? If I forgive, if I need to enjoy his forgiveness, then I need... Is, is it like a cause and effect? Is this, you see what I'm saying? I, th I thought we are forgiven by the grace of God. We are saved by grace, right? But Jesus seems to say, oh, if it, is, that, is that what Jesus is saying? That if only if I forgive my brother, then, then I will, 
Oh, that's not what Jesus is saying. Right? That's not what he's saying. Jesus is saying, if you don't forgive your brother, if you continue with unforgiveness with your brother, if you hold grudges against your brother, against people, against your neighbor, could be whoever it is. If you continue to live in a, in a, in a posture like that towards people, that is a sign that you have not opened yourself to the grace of God. If you are not able to extend mercy to people, that is a sign that you have not extended, you have not received mercy from God. Friends, this is, this is critical. This is critical for those of us. As we follow Jesus, as we love Jesus, this is critical. Oftentimes we forget this. Right? It, is, it is like the tree and the fruit. The fruit does not make the tree healthy. Right? Just because you repent, you forgive somebody doesn't, it's not, it's not that way. Right? The, tree, the fruit is not making the tree healthy. A healthy tree bears fruit. Right? That's what's happening here. If one tree bears fruit, you go to a tree, there are two trees and one tree bears fruit in the season and you go and look and it, it actually is an evidence of the tree is healthy. And you go to another tree and it's not bearing fruit. It is basically evidence that the tree is decaying and dying. That's what Jesus is saying. There is no better evidence that you are following Jesus. There is no better evidence that you have been transformed by the grace of God. There is no better evidence than you living a life of extending that forgiveness to people. My friend, this is huge. This is huge. And that's why forgiving others is a life and death situation. If we don't forgive, if we are in a posture of not extending forgiveness, it, it, it is a life and death situation for us. It shows something deeper, right? Jesus is basically saying the forgiven will be forgiving. The ones who are unforgiven will be unforgiving. The question is, are you, are you forgiving or unforgiving? And if we don't forgive people, if we don't let them off, if we don't release the debt, if we don't release the person, if we don't cancel debt, we are already in prison. Forget about the eternal prison. You are all, we are already in prison. Already that unforgiveness is controlling us. It's locking us in prison. At the very least, this is what's happening. When I'm not able to forgive people, at the very least, I am blocking the grace of God in my life. I'm blocking the benefits of the gospel, his joy and peace and his shalom to flow into my life. When I'm holding out on forgiveness to people, I'm blocking what God has done. That is the very least that can happen. But it is highly possible when I'm living in unforgiveness and I don't forgive people, it is highly possible that I've not really understood the grace of God. So Jesus is teaching a prayer involves not just asking for forgiveness. A prayer should also involve an examination of knowing whether there is unforgiveness in our lives. That is the discipline of prayer. So when we come to him in prayer, we are not just asking God for forgiveness, but we are also examining our hearts so that we are constantly extending forgiveness to people. 
So my question to you is, how forgiving are you? But, but, but I know what you're thinking, but, but you're, you're immediately you're like, but you know what they've done to me? You know what these people have done? You know, you know, wh you know what? You, you know how much I had to go through? Right? Immediately those questions come. It could be real. It could be real pain. It could be real suffering. It could be real evil that's been done to you. Right? And I, I understand that. Jesus understands that. But I still want to ask you, how forgiving are you? Are you a forgiving person? Right? If you really want to know if you're a forgiving person, right? And usually when I look at myself, I'm like, yeah, I'm pretty, I'm pretty forgiving. Yeah, I forgive everybody. Right? That's the way I think about myself. And I'm sure that's the way you think about yourself. You know, who really knows whether you're forgiving or not? Your family knows. Right? Your friends know. Your spouse knows. Your children know. Right? Your neighbors know. They all know whether I'm a forgiving person or not. How do you forgive? How, how do you forgive in, in the context of your marriage? How, how do you forgive in the context of friendships, in the context of relationships, in the context of your children, in the context of work? How, how do you extend this forgiveness? Are, are you somebody who waits for others to repent? Are you somebody who wants to see some evidence of repentance before you extend forgiveness? Let me do that. Are you someone uh, who, uh, whose expectations have to be met before you forgive somebody? Well, I have some expectations and I hope they, they change. I hope they do these things before I can forgive them. Are you somebody who keeps people hanging? Right? You just keep people hanging, giving them the silent treatment, right? ignoring them. Just, just let them hang. Let them suffer a little bit. Let them realize what they've done to me. Right? Let, the, let them just, let them hang there for some time. Right? Are you somebody who rejects apology when somebody comes and repents and, and asks for your forgiveness? You, you reject it? Right? Do, do you feel superior in that process? Are you somebody who feels superior because of what others have done to you? You feel superior and look down on people? Are you someone who's carrying bitterness? friend, this is important. This is important. Or are you somebody who's quick to forgive? You are quick to forgive. You are quick to forgive. You are quick to love. Right? In 1 Corinthians 13, this is what love is. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love does not envy or boast. Love is not arrogant or rude. Love does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable. It is not resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. My friend, this is important. As much as we ask God for forgiveness, we need to keep extending forgiveness to people. The only reason this can happen is because of the gospel. This is not something that's natural. This is not, this cannot be done with your own power. You cannot decide from tomorrow I'm going to be extending forgiveness. No, you cannot. We cannot, we don't have the power to do this, right? 
Only the gospel can help us do this. Only when you are rooted in the identity of Christ, only when his identity is so secure in you, my friends, the offenses of people does not matter and you're able to forgive people. If, if, if you're not rooted in the identity of Christ, then every offense that people make against you matters and you get irritated and you're not able to extend forgiveness. Why? Because we are not rooted in Christ. We don't experience his love and his grace. That is out of sight. And look at how the king extends that. And that's why we see the model of extending forgiveness. This is what happens in verse 27, Matthew 18, 27. When the king saw this man, it says, and out of pity for him, the master of that servant released him and forgave him the debt. Wonderful, right? We see a beautiful picture of the gospel here. Out of pity, right? And the actual word is compassion. The phrase is, his heart went out for him. He had compassion. One of the words that's been used so many times for Jesus is this phrase. When Jesus saw people, he had compassion. His heart went out for people. He had compassion on them. Right? The king had compassion. Just like the king who had compassion, Jesus had compassion on us. Jesus took pity on us. His heart went out for you and for me. He identified with us. He didn't feel superior to us. He didn't leave us hanging. He didn't tell us, well, you repent and then I will try and forgive you. No, my friends. His heart went out for us. On the cross, he became us. He took our sin upon himself and he forgave us. Right? It also says the king forgave him the debt. Just like the king forgave the debt, Jesus forgave us. He took the debt upon himself. He paid for the debt with his own life. My friend, this is how we are called to forgive. This is how we are called to forgive. How do you extend forgiveness? You identify with the person. You have compassion towards the person. You don't feel superior. You are no better than the other person. No, we are equally sinners. And we pay the debt by ourselves. We take the debt upon ourselves. My friends, even through this series, and this, is, this series has been wonderful for me to prepare and enjoy reading scripture, and I hope it's been for you as well. Even through this series, will you, and I want to encourage you, will you grow in your understanding and your practice of prayer? Will you set apart time every day to come to God as your Father? To be able to hallow His name, to be able to seek His kingdom, and to be able to submit to His will? To be able to come to him with your daily needs, with a posture of humility. And to ask for his forgiveness. And to examine your heart so that you are extending forgiveness. My friend, would you, would you take a few minutes each day? A few minutes each day. Just, just sit, uh, take the distractions off. Just quiet your heart with all the stuff that's going on around you. <laughs> the, the, the world is busy. With all that's going on around you, would you take a few minutes, maybe in the morning, maybe in the evening, just take a few minutes, sit quietly, open scripture, read a little bit, relax. And would you pray as the Lord teaches us? Jesus invites us to come to him to experience his fullness. Jesus says, come to me if you're weary. Come to me if you're worried. Come to me if you're afraid. Come to me if you're insecure. I will give you rest. 
the only way you can have daily intimacy with God is through humble posture of daily confession. That's the only way you enjoy intimacy. The only way we can be forgiving of others and not act like judges is when we see the ultimate judge become a servant on our behalf. The gospel gives us the power to extend this forgiveness. Let's pray. Father, even this morning, we, we submit before your word. I know your word makes us uncomfortable. I know your word challenges us. Your word uh, moves us out of our comfort zone. I, I pray that we will not get into the habit of rationalizing and defending and excuse making or blaming. But we will submit before you. Father, we, we need help. We don't have the power to extend this kind of forgiveness. But we are reminded of how you have forgiven us. Oh, Jesus, what it cost you to forgive us. We thank you for what you have done on the cross. And I pray that the gospel will be my identity. The cross will be my power. I pray that you will strengthen me, that I will be hidden in you. That no matter what offenses I experience in this world, that I will have the power to extend forgiveness. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Let's sing a song as we continue our worship. Forgive us for our shame when we can't release the power. 
quick to take the blame But forget me free at last We avoid your sons and daughters For the fear we don't belong Give us eyes to see each other Through your only son things that we're going to do after service is to have just a time of Q&A. Uh, if there's something that uh, you want to ask through the sermon, I know forgiveness and reconciliation has a lot more we can talk about. Uh, so if there's any question that you have, uh, we are happy to talk about it after the sermon. So we'll pick up, just stay here five minutes after the sermon. You can message the questions on the ch chat uh, and uh, we can just in a very informal time kind of talk about it. Uh, in a moment, we're going to get into uh, groups and one of the things that we enjoy on Sundays is to meet each other, say hi to each other. Uh, if you're here for the first time, you can stay right here uh, and uh, I'm going to be here and we can say hi. Right? I'd love to meet you. I'd love to say hi to you just to see how you're doing. Uh, so if you are here visiting us, if you're here for the first time, uh, I would love to connect with you. So you, can, you don't have to go to the group, but you can just stay here uh, just to connect. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to uh, split the groups for people. Yeah. 